you're listening to The Tech Box. Hello and welcome to episode 64 of The Tech Box. I'm James Honeyball and joining me today is David Rich. Hi, Dave. Hello, James. And how are you today? Uh, I'm okay. Yourself? Not bad. Not bad. I think um, (laughs) things are looking better now than they were six months ago, aren't they? I've stopped watching the news. Okay. I'm, I'm I'm in my bubble. You're in the bubble. I'm in the bubble. That's a good place to be, to be honest. Yeah. So as long as everything's okay, then that's all right. Yeah. I only need to go to the supermarket anyway. Everything else delivers, so... Um, this is the thing, isn't it? As soon as they give everyone the uh, vaccine and say, right, you can do everything you want to do now, it'll be like, ah, well, actually, yeah, I'm just sitting around in my home, occasionally going to the supermarket. It's like, not much is going to change, <laughs> yeah. is it? That's all I did anyway, so uh, yeah. I suppose I, yeah, I don't even have to queue anymore. So um, just order from Amazon, I suppose. Yeah, although I think I always think whenever I order anything from Amazon that I should put more effort into finding somewhere else to order it from. I don't know whether you get that guilt nah. that you're just putting 110% of everything through there. I, d- I don't do everything through Amazon. Do I do everything through Amazon? No, Amazon and Apple. You can't You can't get Apple kit from Amazon, so... That's true. Not easily. You've diversified your suppliers by having two, Amazon and Apple. Exactly. I would say if it is, it's 75 Apple, 30, uh, 25, 35, 25 uh, Amazon. I'm good. That's good. I'm good. So I suppose, um, I suppose all the talk of the town at the moment is Apple products. They've just unleashed a load of them. So the ones that we've been using the most over the last couple of weeks is probably the iPhone 12. Uh, we've both got the iPhone 12 Pro. I'm on the Max. You're on the normal. Yep. How's you, what, what's your sort of medium term verdict? Um, I've settled into iPhone usage as per normal. Nothing. It's not rocked my world. It's picked up where the old one left off, should we say? Um, what benefits and features have I gained? Uh, square sides when I'm not using a case, which is probably 80% of the time. Yeah. So it's nice to hold. Um, the camera is good in my opinion as it's always been for my usage. I'll caveat that. I'm not a heavy, uh, well, I use the camera, but it's children mainly. My children, not, not random children. You'll be pleased to know, James. Yeah, good. So, um, they look as good as ever, re- really. Are you seeing um, any improvement? Uh, I'm not comparing. Uh, I'm not, yeah, I'm not comparing. So, it, you know, I use photo, the photos library and the new ones just go in. Um, I, some of them, I, I, I took one today and I used the uh, wide-angled lens and I zoomed right out and I noticed the sky was really nice and blue with the clouds and I did mention to the wife, I said, ooh, look at that, that's, uh, that's very nice. And she was like, yeah, right, move on. Mm. Um but, yeah, so I did comment, but would I have commented on the old one? Probably the same, to be honest. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm, you know, it's, it's 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 picked up where the old one left off. The wife's got the iPhone 11, and I'll be honest, her photos are really good on that on that camera. Yeah. Uh, so, I, I don't know. I don't know. I've, I feel, is it a waste of money? It's not a waste of money because I like phones, I like Apple, and I like having the latest one. So I've gone to the latest one. And the design's nice. I'll give it that. The design is nice. 
Um, so it's not a waste of money. It makes me that little bit happier. Could I have lasted if, uh, if the world was coming to an end and I could only keep the old phone? Yeah, easily, easily. We all could. But, um, it's nice. You went for the, you went for the Pro Max. Has yeah. That extra 0.5% of the camera set your world alight? Uh, I noticed a couple of little differences. I don't know whether this is, this was the case on the 11. Did the 11 put the flash on? If you were taking a portrait in low light. I don't think I ever did. You usually put the kids to bed before it's dark. Yeah, that's about the only difference that I can see with it. And I think the results are good. I don't, I'm not, at the moment, I'm not 100% convinced that they're better than the 11 Pro that I had before. And, you know, just a little, one little thing, like, I don't know whether, sometimes when I want to photograph something, uh, I put portrait on. If I'm photographing like an object, uh, like a box or a can or, or whatever it might be, I'll hold it in front of me and I'll just put the portrait on so that it makes it clear what it is I'm concentrating on. Now on the 12 Pro Max, you've got the 2.5 zoom rather than the two, two times zoom. You have to hold it right at the edge of your reach to get it to the point where um, the portrait kicks in. Now that's a very small difference that I've noticed uh, and it's probably not for the better um, so at the moment I'm lukewarm on it and I'm probably sort of 50-50 on keeping it to be honest um, mm. the bigness is irritating I think so I just need to um, yeah give it keep giving it a little bit more time see if um, if I sort of fall in love with it I think that's the wrong word but I, I'm probably not quite I wouldn't describe myself as being in love with it at the moment. I think it's, I'm just quite impressed with the uh, the new design. Screen is nice, nice and big. But I have to say it doesn't, I, th- you know, I'm not someone that likes to ha- get a bigger screen and then cram tons and tons of information on there. Do you know what I mean? I like to, if I've got a bigger screen, I like just to, it to be a more comfortable reading experience normally. But I'm finding that a little bit off-putting on the Max because it's literally, it feels to me literally like it's exactly the same screen that would be on the smaller one, but blown up. And whilst that's probably benefiting my eyes a little bit in not having to squint so much, it seems, I don't know, maybe a little bit of a waste. It kind of doesn't feel uh, like the screen is, is getting fully utilised as much as it could. Although obviously, if you're looking at a picture on there, it's obviously bigger and, and looks better. Yeah, I I I failed to see why they did this. So uh, they ob- obviously the pluses were always better, weren't they? And that, but with the iPhone 11 range, or I think even the XS was the XS range, the Max and thing. They there wasn't any differentiation. Why have they Why have they done that? Because they're, they're making you try and trade features off against practicality, if that mm. makes sense. Mm. And I think there's a lot of people out there that would like the features, but won't like the size. And I don't know why they're making us choose. I really don't. Yeah, but it's only a fraction. It's only a fractionally different camera setup, isn't it? Yeah, but but the geeks among us would want that, wouldn't we? Yeah, yeah. Well, I can only hope that next year the in-sensor stabilization once it's had a year of being refined on the Max, because it's not making a night and day difference at the moment. I think it's making a subtle difference. Um, And I've done some tests with my 11 Pro, which I've still got at the moment. Hopefully that'll come down to the uh, smaller size next year. So the iPhone 13 or 
uh, 12S, whatever they're going to call it. Hopefully that will have the uh, improved stabilization and ideally would then gain parity with the uh, 12S Max or 13 Pro Max, whatever uh, they're going to call it next year. Mm. Yeah. yeah. When I'm picking up my 11 now, my 11 Pro, I have to get all the names right, it now feels so light and so tiny that it's really nice. And I'm I'm probably, as I said, I'm 50-50, but I don't know, maybe 51-49 towards just keeping the 11 Pro. The one thing that I did notice, and maybe it was in compact when I was comparing the two, is that the speaker in my 11 Pro, I think, has blown very subtly. You know when you had one of those like old uh, hi-fi systems and the tweeter blew? Yeah. And it just sounds a little bit off. That's what's happening with my 11 Pro. It's kind of distorting a little bit or reverberating a little bit and you can almost not notice it but if you listen carefully you can so i, I called up apple uh, last week and uh, i'm going to send it back uh, to get repaired but it's one of those things that because it's difficult to point out i really hope they just swap out the speaker and don't try and listen to see if it's broken first because i would say that it's one of those things that nine times out of ten someone will say oh no it's fine it's a bit like these some of these subtle screen problems you don't want someone to actually just take a two second glance at it and then say no this screen looks fine uh so yeah i really hope that they um do replace the speaker and i hope they replace the battery as well i mentioned it to them and they kind of said yeah yeah, yeah i'll make a note of it so i hope they do i mean i don't mind paying for the battery swap out because it's not unreasonably degraded but i think it is a little bit degraded it doesn't get me through the day now where it used to so yeah, and if they fix the speaker, they put a new battery in the 11 Pro and it's sort of good as new again, then yeah, I might seriously be tempted just to stick with that 11 Pro for the uh, for this year. I had the same conversation with Apple earlier on in the week about the, you know, the PowerPeach Beats Pro that I mentioned oh, about yeah, the yeah. dodgy charging. Well, one of them really doesn't charge anymore. It's there's two metal pads on there that sort of connect to the pogo pins in the in the charging case okay and those pads seem to have corroded on one of them and it's falling off so there's not much pad left to make contact so you have to really really balance it on there and you can't shut the case because that's enough to knock it off the bit that's still got the conductivity on there and all sorts Mm. of stuff but anyway i had that case the thing with them whereas i said look it's randomly disconnecting and it's not charging now. It's actually worse charging now than it was when I spoke to them. Mm. But I said, and they said, well, you can send it in. I'll repair people to look at it. I said, but okay, I've got Apple Care Plus on these and I'm telling you that it is broken. Yeah. And, and, and they were, said, I said, why? I don't want to waste my time sending yeah. it into you guys for someone to look at it to, to, to say, oh, well, it's not disconnecting. Yeah. Uh, um, that should be the magic words, shouldn't it? Yeah, it, and you're going to waste your time. You're going to try and troubleshoot it, and it's not going to find it. You're going to send it back, and I'm still going to be in the same position. And I'm going to have been without the headphones, and I use these daily. So you're just prolonging that, just the same as you with your whole issue with the speaker. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I don't like that part of their service where you send it off to be uh, inspected because... A lot of the times, uh, yeah, these these are very subjective. And as I said to them, you will only notice it if you use it for, for a prolonged period of time. Yeah. And whilst you've probably got a good testing suite, it's probably not 
real world usage, if that makes yeah. sense. I don't know. We Maybe we know too much for our own good. I think I told you about this incident I had before. When I had the uh, iPhone 6, the original iPhone 6, um, this, the screen had a defect, but it was it was so subtle. Basically, what it mm. was was you load up Facebook, and the top of the Facebook application, I don't know whether it still does now, because this was a couple of years ago now, just had a light blue band right at the top, solid color, wasn't um, gradiented at all. But on my iPhone 6, on the left-hand side, it was like very light blue. And on the right-hand side, it was dark blue. Now, you might say, well, that's a fairly small problem if that's the only one that it has but it was just indicative to me that the screen wasn't perfect because I'd compare it to others and they would be a solid blue across there or a much more consistent solid blue and I phoned them up and I sent it off and they just sent it back said yeah no fault found this is fine Um, and it took me actually going into the Apple store having a discussion with one of the uh, geniuses um, the hmm. genii in there and actually there was two geniuses one was erring on the side of um, now nah, that's fine you know don't waste our time with this and one genius saying oh actually yeah I've seen this before you know this isn't right you know we'll get it sorted and in the end it did get sorted uh, you know all under I think it was less than a year old or whatever it all got sorted under warranty or, or whatever um, but it just goes to show that these problems are they can be really frustrating to get fixed especially if they're subtle. Yeah. Yeah, it's 50-50, isn't it? I, I think there's nothing There's nothing worse than... There's nothing better than going in the store and getting it sorted. I really, I really think there's a lot of leeway to be had in the store as well. I think you're always going to come up with trumps. Obviously, we're a bit screwed at the moment, but um, I'll certainly be going into the store. But it sounds like you should have just got a instant... Uh, refund or replacement based on the fact that the you had the Apple Care Plus. I thought that was the whole point of Apple Care Plus. So I get ex- so once he delved into it and kept me on hold for absolutely ages. I, apparently, the the option to send it off to the repair center wasn't an option anyway. The options I had were he could book an appointment for me, or I could have an express replacement. But then they would need to hold the total cost on a card, which. It's it's not the end of the world. Granted, it's not the end of the world, but considering the amount of Apple purchases I've just made recently, the yeah. wife probably wouldn't be overly impressed with that. Um, and I, for how long? How long do they hold it for? Seven days? Ten days? Who knows? But that's what I would expect to be the default. Um, if I hadn't got Apple Care Plus, that's yeah. what I would expect the treatment to be. But yeah. if you've got yeah. the Apple Care Plus, it should be total benefit of the doubt and getting it sorted ASAP. Well, all the Apple Care Plus it buys me is the fact that if it isn't covered under warranty and it is my fault, I can pay them some money and they'll give me a new set. <laughs> mm. So that seems to be the, the only plus, but um, it's not really a plus, is it? I've only ever got Apple Care Plus on this watch after smashing an Apple Watch once every what seemed like week. Um, mm. I got Apple Care Plus for this watch and it, it's been fine. I haven't dropped it or... It's in pretty good nick even. Okay, there's a couple of tiny nicks on the top curve of the screen, but apart from that, it's completely perfect. I, I do it on everything I get now with Apple. I, and I know it adds a lot of cost, and certainly on the top-end MacBooks, it does add a lot of cost. I think it was £400 on the 16-inch. Oh, that's ridiculous. It is, isn't it? It is. However, I don't know. So, what is it? It's £400 on the Plus, 
And then now you can, you can do it monthly now on the watch and the yeah, iPhone. Yeah, yeah. Which That's I have tempting. done because you don't, know how, you don't know how long you're going to keep it for. So you, yeah. you can buy two years, but you, if, you, if, you, if like us, you only keep it for a year. Yeah. You know, the new buyer is getting the Apple Care, isn't it? And not you. Yeah. So at least if you do it that way. Something like, the, something like the watch or the iPhone is good, I think, because after 12, 18 months, you might, you, your, your thoughts of it as being a, such a precious object. You know, maybe mm. something like the watch. You think, okay, I've had it a couple of years. I'm comfortable with it. I'll now uh, take the um, Apple Care Plus off. Or you might have had a couple of repairs on it and you might think, okay, I've had good value out of this cover. I'll continue with it. Yeah, but they don't do that on um, they don't do that on the laptops or computers. You have to buy it there and then. Yeah. So, so laptops and computers. Mm, yeah, yeah. What you been buying, James? Well, I bought something, but I only bought it because, well, mainly encouraged by people like you. <laughs> what you been buying? So I bit the bullet and. Let's just give some background. My Mac Mini that I use to uh, record podcasts, edit podcasts, uh, edit videos, home videos that I've shot. That sounds wrong, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Was was long in the tooth. It was a 2012 quad core. Um, maxed up, you know, it had 16 gig of RAM in, uh, 512 SSD and everything. So nicely specced up for what it was, but it was still fairly slow. You know, applying um filters in uh, audacity took time doing um stabilization for example in imovie and exporting took time uh quite slow slow to the point where you could in in imovie you could set it off stabilizing or exporting and you'd actually just walk away and get a cup of tea you know that kind of slowness um convenient for some i suppose yeah it's i mean to be honest it was livable with it was just slow Hmm. Um, and all these reports start coming out. And I've been, I suppose I've been fairly skeptical about the, uh, M1 processor, uh, M1 SOC. I think my basic, cause we, we had a discussion in depth before they were announced, didn't we? And we sort of yeah. had various predictions with each other. And, um, I thought, well, yeah, I'm sure that they'll get it a nice chip going and they'll put it in the 12 inch MacBook. They'll bring that back. Um, they'll put it in the, uh, MacBook Air. And it'll be better than the current Intels that they put in there, which are pretty weedy, has to be said. Um, and that's as far as we'll get this year, first six months of next year, whatever. You know, we won't start seeing any monster um, horsepower until they've really had a good R&D session working out how they're going to make these chips so different to what they're just chucking into the iPads. But it looks like they've done what we thought they were going to do. Uh, created some low power chips that they've thrown in the uh, macbook air and stuff and that these chips have actually proven to be remarkably powerful so i then thought well do i take the opportunity to upgrade my mac mini and i did um mm. and i got the base one uh which has got a degree of risk on it which is that you might run out of ram and you might run out of disk uh but i thought well let's give it a go you know normally i'll over provision you know, yep. I probably haven't used 16 gigs in that old, old Mac Mini hardly ever. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah. I do use a lot of, I've noticed that I use a lot of RAM when I'm at work on my work PC. Um, but that's because I've got every single Office app open. I've got tons of browser tabs open. You know, I've got 
bits of tooling here and there open. Um, and it, the, the RAM really adds up under those situations. But I'm thinking, well, Apple are obviously comfortable enough and confident enough to release the, all of these Macs with 8 gig as the primary RAM and only even allow a maximum upgrade of 16. So I thought, well, maybe 8 will be enough. And to be honest, you had to wait several weeks uh, for <laughs> yeah, the 16 to come like in. It, yeah. But also it's 200 quid. You're paying, yeah. and I know we all moan at Apple pricing and everything, but you're paying 200 quid for 20 quid's worth of 8 gig of memory. And I know it's probably fairly super fast memory and all the rest of it, but Apple aren't paying more than 20 quid for it. And that's for certain. No. So I, I was a little bit like, okay, let's just get the base one in. So I've got the base one in and I'm pretty happy with it. I'm recording on it at the moment using a mixture of uh, native and uh, traditional Mac apps. Um, generally okay i've noticed a lot of bugs yeah none of them are show stopping even now my monitor keeps switching off so uh yeah it's almost like it's um got a 60 second or 30 second um screensaver that's kicking in where the, the screen goes blank and i don't know whether that's just because i'm it doesn't like audacity or it doesn't like something else but it is making me slightly nervous that uh, the gamble of doing the recording on this new Mac Mini is actually going to work, um, but you know I'll do. I've done a couple of tests of real world use for me, and it is at least twice as fast as my main Windows kind of gaming PC. Yeah. So my as a quick example, I was transcoding uh, a Blu-ray, uh, and my main PC was doing it under a particular profile at. Uh, 14 frames a second, you know, leaving it running for a little while. And uh, the Mac Mini was doing it over in over 30 uh, frames a mm. second. Um, so, yeah, that's a genuine two times improvement that you can take to the bank, as it were. Um, the filters, when you apply them in Audacity, I haven't timed them, but they look tons, tons faster. Um, the one thing that I haven't tried is... Uh, editing movies in iMovie but if there's one thing that Apple's going to nail it's going to be that because you're going to have dedicated decoder and encoder um, silicon in those M1s that I'm sure is going to accelerate the uh, iMovie greatly so I look forward to seeing what gains can be had there but the all the tools that I've used both native ones and non-native are twice as fast as my main Windows PC and I haven't compared it to the old Mac Mini, but it'll be, yeah, three or four times faster, I would have thought. Yeah. Um, good, wise choice. Wise choice. So I did the same thing. <laughs> After my uh, my bluster on the last one, I couldn't help myself, I think is the word. Um, so I got the Mini as well. I also got the base model because, A, I don't like waiting for... Uh, two or three weeks for the extra RAM, and B, I've got the 16-inch, so I couldn't really justify it. It's going to be a second machine for me, James. Yeah. P- purely a web browsing machine, and that that's all. So what I used to do was I used to have the 16-inch, and whenever I wanted to dock it and use use it for a prolonged period of time, I'd dock it to the two monitors upstairs, and job would be a good one. I've just gonna plug the mon- the mini into those two monitors up there just to do office tasks. So anything word related for work, um, 
and again, web browsing, it might become, I think in my mind, it might become the family computer. Yeah. So again, a user account for the children, they can just do what they like, install their iOS stuff on there and, and, and be done with it. The RAM, it's a funny one with the RAM because we're programmed to think more is better. Um, but I, I had this conversation with you guys, didn't I, uh, last week and, Mac OS is just going to fill the RAM no matter what. If mm. you've got 300 gig of RAM, it's, it's just going to fill it. The good thing that Mac OS has is, is that management of the RAM. So if you've got more, it's going to, it's going to make use of it. Brilliant. However, if you don't have more, it's going to be very, very efficient at actually sort of managing that, putting things into it, taking things out. It, it should. Be seamless and again with the speed of the ssds in here yeah if it did have to swap for any reason it's going to be you, you're not going to notice it a great deal granted you are if you're a professional eight gig isn't going to be enough but for the likes of myself and you again we're not going to notice it and have you seen some of the benchmarks again the benchmarks seem to be led more by the cpu power than the actual ram itself it, it used to be that it used to overcompensate with the ram yeah. Because you were running an Intel processor. Yeah. Now now it seems that it's more about the processor and the RAM has gone back to what it, it should be for, keeping things in memory to allow you to multitask. If you're not a hardcore multitasker, then you're never really going to see any dramas. Yeah. Whereas before, you used to over-provision just to sort of stop a bottleneck, if that makes yeah. sense. Oh, absolutely. It's something that you could totally max out on fairly cheaply if you're getting if you're building a pc yeah why not whack a huge amount of ram in there to just means you never have to think about worrying about it yeah so real world it is a lot faster than my 16 inch it's crazy so i say real world from what from the tasks that i've done so far so i've benchmarked it obviously because that's the first thing we do we we just benchmark them and it and it benchmarks Faster, so I think I get about seven thousand seven hundred on Geekbench, and I think this Mac uh, sixteen inch um, gets, I think it's uh, upper five thousand, maybe six on the multi multi core. So it is faster. Um, the one game I do play, and again, it's playing. If you think about this, it's playing it through emulation on this on the Mac Mac Mini through Roser the Roser layer. Um, I play Car Mechanic Simulator 2018 because I'm I'm a bit nice. of a geek and yeah. and you know I'm useless with cars in the real world, but give me a piece of software and I, I know I'm amazing. And that thing on the 16 inch, it runs at maybe 70 frames per second, but the fans kick in, it roars to death, and it probably lasts 45 minutes on battery. Whereas on the Mac Mini, it's solid 60 frames per second, silent, fluid as anything. So it plays it just as well mm. on that machine than it does on this nearly three thousand pound machine. And I think, like me, you wanted to pl- you didn't envisage the Mac Mini being your sole or main computer. It was purely an addition, so you could play with the latest technology in the back of your mind. You know, it's a first gen. They're going to iterate on it quite fastly. Fast, fastly is that's a new word. They're going to iterate on it quite fast, and maybe two or three years down the line the new chips are going to have a lot more features that that first gen didn't. So investing a lot of money in that first gen, whilst you, you're getting it now, it's probably not going to be a long-term gain, if that makes sense. 
Yeah, I think the questions that we raised last time we spoke about it are still there, though, aren't they? Because what we said would be an easy thing for them to do would be to bring out the class of chip that has got the integrated graphics. You know, it's got the RAM built in to the package, um, which we were speculating about last time we were speaking. Um, so they've gone for the easy one. What's going to be hard if they want to make it, if they want to make like the absolute monster PC equivalent, they need to allow discrete GPUs. They need, if they want to replace their current Mac Pro, they need to put all those MPX PCI slots in, you know. And at the moment, it's kind of quite a, a limited system in the, in the fact that they've only got two uh, Thunderbolt ports built into these machines. Um, not 100% sure how many the silicon support. It can only support two screens, mm -hmm. which is one of the things that would really put me off um, the getting the laptops because, you know, my desk has got two monitors on and I like the thought of having a laptop that I can plug into my desk and have both monitors going. The idea that I would plug in, you know, a new MacBook Air or a new MacBook Pro and only be able to use one external monitor is off-putting. So the Mac Pro is the one for me because that supports two monitors, two external monitors. I, I, I think, so your point about the Mac Pro is certainly a, a point. Again, it'll be very interesting to see what they do with, with the high end in terms of uh, production and all that sort of good stuff. But what I don't think that's going to be a drama at all um, with the 16-inch, at all. No, I agree. I agree. I think they're just going to, you think that they're just going to put in a beefier, you know, yeah. add a few more cores, add a few more graphics cores, and then you've just got a beefier SOC. Yeah, because this this this, uh, this Mini gets about 18,000 on, I think it's Geekbench, and, and this 16-inch gets about 24,000 with its dedicated GPU. So yeah. it's certainly, certainly not far off at all, is it? Yeah. Let's be honest. Um, so I don't think that's going to be a problem for the 16-inch. What Again, maybe for the, the Mac Pro, because they need it for different things, don't they? It's different with the Mac Pro. So I like the Mac Mini, but I think the MacBook Air is the winner of this all. Yeah. Agree. Yeah. If, you, uh, yeah. if you're looking for a, a Mac or a laptop or, you know, you've only got one mo home monitor that you'd ever want to plug it into, yeah. then it's a no brainer, isn't it? It's lovely and fanless. Yeah. It's got a super fast chip. It, it looks like in reality, it's no slower than the Mac mini or the uh, MacBook Pro. I mean, no. I know they talk about sustained loads, but it seems like that's not really there or has not a huge amount of bearing on it. So yeah, that does really look like the, the most people's choice machine. I was watching some benchmarks on that, that air. So after about 10 minutes, it does start to thermal throttle. Right. But it thermal throttles to a level that is still two and a half times as fast yeah. as the old MacBook MacBook Air. Yeah. So it goes from like three gigahertz to two point six. That's its thermal throttling. Yeah. And it it doesn't go any lower than that. So and that two point six in real world performance is is still two and a half times as fast as as any Intel Mac. It, yeah. It, it's yeah. crazy. So it it you know no fan silent the performance is there uh the battery life is there it makes you wonder why they bothered doing the macbook pro 13 inch 
it really, really did. The mind boggles. Yeah. But I think it's just probably because it's there that they yeah. did it. Well, they've still got, I suppose at the moment, they've still got to fill the four port uh, smaller MacBook Pro. Mm. And maybe once they've done that, that will justify the tiering a little bit better. But I think at the moment, you'd have to be slightly foolish to go for the 13-inch MacBook Pro with two ports and yep. not just get the air, wouldn't you? Yeah, I, there was an interview, I think, with, um, I can't remember who it was, but they were from Apple. It was in The Independent, and basically said they overshot with yeah, the Yeah, that was Craig Federici, I think. Yeah, they, they didn't have to go as fast as they went, and, and, and they didn't. We'd have been happy with, what, the same performance, but with 18 hours worth of battery and no yeah, fan? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It would have, been, would have been a brilliant upgrade for the uh, MacBook Air. I keep finding myself having a play and specking up a 16 gig version of the Mac Mini. But I have to tell myself, it's it's a desktop. It's not my laptop. Yeah. If it was my laptop, then it might be a different matter because it's more mobile. But I, and, and then I tell myself, I don't actually need it. Just wait. We'd wait for the first gen to disappear. Wait a few more years for the investment on your 16-inch to, on, to, yeah. to be, be gone and then jump in and be really happy with a nice high-end machine with a nice big screen and stuff because whilst the m1 is really good we're blinkered at the moment because it's new and it's it's fancy um but i still think i'm going to be good for two or three years with this 16 inch granted it does sound like a jet and it needs to be plugged in a lot of the time but i think the performance is there for most things that i want to do is the m1 as fast yeah it is but it's i rich in our back channel he he said it best when he said uh it's like um it's like buying a two hundred pound for uh, sorry a two hundred mile an hour Ferrari instead of the one hundred and fifty mile an hour one that you've already got when you don't drive any faster than eighty miles an hour. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that yeah. is a, the best analogy ever. I think the other thing is a lot of the time on my laptop. I don't know. I think our laptop uses might be different, but I don't particularly do lots of CPU intensive stuff on my laptop. It tends just to be sort of browsing and dossing about and stuff. It doesn't tend to be video editing or um, podcast editing or anything like that. So actually, my current 12-inch MacBook is, is fine. And actually, mm. I do. to be fair, I do the majority of my laptop-type activities on my um, iPad Pro. That yeah. uh, is still my go-to laptop machine, to be honest. It, it would probably be the same for me if I didn't have kids. The fact is that it's very difficult to get the time to sit down in one place yeah to dedicate to a desktop whereas at least with your laptop i can get up early in the morning i can come downstairs so uh, you know you know what i mean i can sit yeah. with with the macbook pro and, and do the work i need to do and literally the mini is just there for ad hoc i get five or ten minutes to sit down and browse the macbook pro is everyone the wife's still in bed the kids are still semi in bed i'll just go in the kitchen and sit on the table yeah so different usages i'd probably be the same if it was the the other way around i think so i think we're both pretty happy with the mac mini yeah yeah it's it's good i think we've both noticed some problems with the display drivers as they mm. are currently as i'm speaking to you my display keeps shutting down and turning off and i have to keep wiggling the mouse to get it back again um which is highly frustrating. Uh, but you've seen some corruption and I've seen some corruption. And actually, I, I, 
mine seems to like just like going blank every now and again. That seems to yes. be its favourite yeah. trick. I, I've got that one. So on my second display, not the one I'm using as the primary, every maybe 15 or 20 minutes, it'll just go black as if I'm switching yeah. input and then come back. Exactly yeah, that. I've yeah. got that one. I've been seeing that a lot. I'm seeing that off my USB-C port plugged into uh, a display port dongle. That's the one that's plugged in on that with me, yeah. So that's the one that's playing up for you as well, yeah? Yeah, that, that's the one that's doing the same thing, yeah. It's almost like you, you're swapping an input where you're changing screen resolution. You know, exactly, it just fades, yeah. goes black, then comes back. Yeah, yeah. And on my HDMI one, I had a few screen glitches, but since I upgraded to 11.01, I haven't seen those. It's just that one where the monitor sort of shuts off and you think, mm, is it coming back? Also, a, a favourite when you wake up from sleep, it's just static, like an old television. Oh, yeah, that's uh, normally an HDCP issue, isn't it? Yeah, that's an old favourite. I used to have that on a lot of them. It seems to have made a return on this one. Ah, oh, that's so, nasty. I, I just, I, I don't, I don't like Big Sur in general. I put the 16-inch on Big Sur and it sort of, the, the whole whiteness burned my retinas. Yeah. So I, I went back. Big Sur is a, oh. I, I actually don't, I don't mind it on this Mac Mini. It looks fine yeah, on the Mac Mini. no. It's fine. On the external monitors, it looks really, really good. It doesn't look anything like it does on a laptop. No. I just don't know why. I think I'm going to have to downgrade my 12-inch MacBook. I put Big Sur on there, and it's comical. The size of all the status bars and everything is just so massive. You can't see the... You can't differentiate between them because of the colour. For some strange reason, on the larger monitors, it's easier to make out the difference. So the difference in the sidebar colour to the... Or where the menus start. It's it's terrible on on, on the laptops. It yeah. really is. Yeah, yeah. And I know that... Um, I think it was Craig Federici as well who said that they didn't space out all of the uh, touch points and... Um, control panel and everything with regards to touch. It just happened to be a big coincidence that they did this for Big Sur. And I have mm. to say, if that is true, I don't believe it for one second, uh, but normally you have to take Apple engineers at face value and I don't think they often lie. But, I mean, that it has to be rubbish because why on earth would you completely wreck the operating system on a non-touch laptop for the sake of benefiting touch down the line which is these big touch touch points would do if you're not going to introduce touch it's crazy if they end up not introducing touch all big series is a massive error for laptops that they'd have to row back at the next version so i know that i had a bet with you i think it was um 50 pence yeah uh, that these new macbooks that they would be launching a couple of weeks ago would come with touch in the first generation and Crazy talk. I was a, a little bit surprised just because of Big Sur. That was the only reason that I uh, said that. You know, the the spaced out nature of Big Sur just makes me think, why bother bringing that in this year if the laptops are not going to support it? And the, the obvious one to support it would have been the Air. Well, bear in mind, we we this this is the the stereotypical transition computers that we've got. They've literally kept everything the same. They've just changed the processors. They do, they've done this for every transition that they've had. The first one was in the same shell. And in a lot of cases, it wasn't even a full year before we saw the new redesigned version. So you might still be able to win that 50p. You just haven't won it yet. 
Yeah, I think to be fair, the 50p was bet on this first round of releases. So I think I'll I'll let you have it. Um, I I do think though. I, I are we gonna we're gonna see a redesign thirteen? Will we see a redesign sixteen? Probably. I think uh, so. Obviously, there's talk of the webcams staying rubbish in these things. So why not mm-hmm. put um, Face ID in the laptops? Why not give them touch screens? Um, what else could you add to them? I think that's probably about all you'd need, wouldn't it? Do you think the 16 inch that I've got is the only one that's going to launch with Intel, or do you think they will bump it to the 10th gen just before they transition it? Or do you yeah. Think that's it? So we speculated, and I I think it will be it now. I think they'll leave the Leave it it's on the ninth gen, uh, yeah, until, let's say, summer. They're obviously, I think, the obvious move now is to take the next low-hanging fruit, which would be, uh, what, what would we call it, an, either an M2 or an M1X or an M1Z, yeah. where essentially they're they're making it a 16-inch MacBook class. They're making it so that they can put it in the 16-inch MacBook Pro and that they can put it in the iMacs. Yeah. So basically, another couple of cpu cores another couple of gpu cores the capability to have up to 64 gig of ram um that's really all they need to do to to now cover the 16 inch and the imax isn't it yeah and then do you think they'll do what they do with the a series chip and just increment it every single year you get one chip one generation of chip per year it's all. It's like the A15 next year, but it'll be the M2 or the, yeah. the M2X for the higher models. Yeah, I, that starts to make sense then, doesn't it? And yeah. then, and the, I, I was going to say, do you think we'll see the Mac Mini Pro? I think we will with the four ports. You think that the chip that they end up putting in the 16-inch MacBook Pro and the iMacs, you think that they'll do a Mac Mini version with that? Yeah, uh, apparently the the boards have already leaked with 10 gigabits on. So oh, interesting. Already, yeah, so it's already out there now. The Mac Mini boards, they're showing, they're showing SKUs or however people want to pronounce it with the, with the 10 gig on as well. So that could explain why they've gone back to silver for oh, these yeah. Mac Minis. Yeah. And they'll, when they sort of release a Mac Mini with the updated innards and the 10 gig Ethernet, they'll go back to space gray for them, I guess. Yeah. But, but what good value? All right. I remember in 2014 buying the £399 Mac Mini with 4 gig of RAM, 1.4 gigahertz i5, and a 5400 RPM drive. And out of the box, it used to sit there and just spin and spin and spin. You'd click the dock, it would spin. You'd open a, you'd open a uh, an app, the the cursor would spin. It was literally unusable. Yeah. And now. We've got a 699. A lot of us get discounts with, with work. I think I paid about 620 for it. Oh, so, that's pretty si- good. Yeah, just over £600. This, so the, the equivalent cheap computer, and you click something and it's instantaneous. And it's up there fighting with, you know, decent computers, left, right, and center. This would be an amazing desktop machine to use. There's no frustration compared to that 399 monstrosity that released in 2014. It's, yeah. It's a yeah. good place to be. Yeah. Although that uh, 2014 machine, I guess you could have at least upgraded the nope. that was drive? They'd sold. Nope. Every, uh, yes. So I upgraded the hard drive in it, but the RAM was soldered. Yeah, yeah. And I think my so, one, the 2012 one, was the last one where you could do both. Upgrade yep. the RAM and the uh, hard drive, which I did. It was cr- it was almost criminal. Three hundred ninety nine pounds with a f- 
spinning hard drive. Yeah, that is crazy. Um, oh, a spinning hard drive full stop is uh, unacceptable, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, even in 2014, most of their Macs were going SSD and it's not as if it was an easy task to break into that Mini to get it out. Um, but no. So night and day, think of the low end then to the low end now and your computing experience is infinitely better. I'm playing yeah. my game that, I, yeah. you know, I played, I played that same car mechanic simulator on a MacBook Pro 2019, the two port version. So the eighth gen processor with eight gig of RAM. Okay, yeah, dedicated yep. and and the iGPU on that. Yeah, yeah. Before I got the sixty inch, and it was crap. <laughs> um, it, it it didn't play at all. It was it played, but you either had to have it cranked down, and it was stuttery, and the fans were on, and all sorts. And that's what spurred me to get the sixteen inch with the dedicated GPU as well. When I was looking at either getting the new 2020 13 inch or the sixteen inch, and the you know the Mac Mini just blows that away. It's it's, yeah, it's yeah. great. It's a great great technical achievement. It's it's brilliant. Yeah, I think so. I think it's it's better than you could possibly expect in terms of the hardware is obviously really powerful and the yeah. software is pretty much there, isn't it? It's pretty solid. You know, I've been plugging all sorts of things into it. DAX. Uh, I've got plugged two DAX into it actually. Uh, uh, a FIO. Um, you know, regular DAC that you would normally have, which I've got plugged in at the moment into my headphones. But also I've got a USB to optical uh, that I use uh, to go into my um, PC speakers. Uh, and that all works totally seamlessly. It's brilliant. You know, the, the only problem is it's probably understandable is that there are a few little bugs here and there that I keep going into. And it, I imagine it will take a couple of months to uh, shake out all those little bugs but once those little bugs have been shaken out it's going to be a very very nice little machine isn't it yeah and and, and i don't foresee we'll see a big jump as we have done again that's going to be the interesting thing while. isn't it we know that they're going to have to round out the range but once they've released the 16 inch version of these chips and the iMac version of these chips what's the difference going to be it'll be very interesting to see what that is and also the big question now is they can probably get away with the exact same model in terms of when I say model you know uh, put the uh, GPU cores inside the uh, silicon and put the RAM you know next to it on the package they can get away with that I think for pretty much all of their machines except for the Mac Pro. So the question mark is, is do they pile all that R&D into getting the Mac Pro to the point where it can have external PCI slots, these MPX slots and tons and tons of dims where they can put in the, uh, you know, external dims? Are they going to even bother doing that? Do they sell enough Mac Pros to bother doing that? And then how, how, how big a CPU do they create for that? I think you will, they will make it so the, uh, the CPU, the M1 or whatever they decide can be put in on one of those MPX modules. So you can change it. You can add multiple MPX modules. So you can add maybe two or three. So you can actually have two physical, maybe six core, whatever M version they decide to put in. Um, and I think they'll probably do some sort of Apple silicon graphics card, which they they can wire it in again in an MPX module. Uh, that's interesting. When I um 
first started work, we built these systems that were sort of PC-based systems. And you had this passive backplane. So the backplane of the server was just a load of um, PCI and ISA slots. And you plugged in whole PCs on a card. So very similar to what you're suggesting there. Mm. Yeah, I, I think they'll do something similar with that. That way, any generational leap you can sort of keep up with. Yeah, you just swap out the sort of processor card. Yeah, again, if you your workload demands a lot of cores, you can add maybe two, maybe three. Um, again, if, you, if you're not as GPU heavy, you can just add one GPU, or maybe you can add two G- these GPU cards. Again, Apple yeah. Silicon, just cores on a card, basically. That could be a very creative way around it. I certainly think at the moment there's no obvious way that they're going to be able to do it because, you know, all the advantage of uh, the systems, these M1 systems, is that everything is compressed into one tiny SOC, you know. And if you start splitting it out over different cards and boards and all the rest of it, is it going to be quite as performant? Um, But yeah, they could take the approach that they just have multiple M1 type SOCs on on different cards. That would be a different way of doing it, definitely. Yeah, no, it's 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 going to be very interesting to watch. Very interesting to watch. Yeah, I look forward to it. Exciting times, and the first step has been uh, exciting. And I think uh, it's been a success for them. I think. I think they'll they'll sell a bunch of those MacBook Airs, won't they? Yeah, yeah, they're 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 good. They're good. <laughs> that's that's my way of summing it yeah. up. They're very good at the moment. It's just a shame that they didn't refresh the twelve-inch MacBook. It looks like it that would have would have been a perfect device. They could have um, they could have made the battery a tiny bit smaller to accommodate the new uh, keyboard. They could have put that. Obviously, they could have just put that um, SOC straight in there because it's you know all fanless, and uh, they could have had a really nice refresh of that device, but. Uh, I think the 13-inch Air is uh, is as good a, you know, it's sort of taking on the mantle of that device and it's now doing that very well. Maybe it's maybe it's to do with uh, the keyboard. Maybe they can't physically get that keyboard. Yeah, maybe. The one thing is, though, that the, the 13-inch Air is, you know, 30% heavier than that old 12-inch was. So it's not insignificant the difference between that 12 inch and the, th- and the 13 inch air. Yeah. So I don't think we'll be seeing that. Uh, looks like we won't be seeing that form factor again for a little while, but yeah, I'll welcome it back if it does come back. Although having said that, when you install Big Sur on it, it the screen becomes almost unusable. It's like uh, <laughs> the top and the bottom are sort of taken up by menu bars and everything now. And, you know, everything's spaced out so much that there's no room for content on a 12 inch screen, unfortunately. Maybe that's part of it. Maybe that's part of maybe. it. Maybe, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Uh, well, I think we've maybe gone to town. Yeah. On on the M1. We've got a lot to bump for the next show, James. That's it, yeah. So uh, it'd be interesting to see how the real world usage continues with this M1, because uh, so far it's been really good. But next time we speak, I guess we'll have more examples of, you know, experiences, bugs, things that work well, things that don't work well. But looking good so far. It is. It is. Cool. Well, have a good uh, evening uh, and we'll speak soon. Will do. I'll go play my M1 now. Speak to you later, James. Cheers, Dave. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye.